Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading chapter one from the book of James in the World English Bible. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without any doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. For that man shouldn't think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position, and the rich in that he is made humble, because like the flower in the grass, he will pass away. For the sun arises with the scorching wind and withers the grass, and the flower in it falls, and the beauty of its appearance perishes. So the rich man will also fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is a person who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God can't be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then the lust, when it has conceived, bears sin. The sin, when it is full grown, produces death. Don't be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom can be no variation nor turning shadow. Of his own will he gave birth to us by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting away all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness, receive with humility the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not only hearers, deluding your own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his natural face in a mirror, for he sees himself and goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of freedom, and continues, not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks himself to be religious while he doesn't bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure religion and undefiled before our God and Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. That is the end of chapter 1.
Okay, I went ahead and read the whole letter from James before doing any of the recording. I wanted to do my best to read with a tone that represents the whole letter. One thing that struck me was that the whole letter reminded me of Proverbs being more of almost a listing of a quick succession of wisdom and cautions. So imagine my surprise when I, after reading it, went and reviewed some of the introductions to James on the Blue Letter Bible website and found that the introduction to James in the English Standard Version says that it is known as the New Testament book of Proverbs. James, who wrote the book, only identifies himself as a servant of God, and there's nothing else in the text to verify which James wrote it. He seems to be writing to Jewish Christians, as evidenced by the letter being to the twelve tribes, which we know from the Old Testament and the New as a way of referring to the people of Israel. But these twelve tribes are specifically in the dispersion, or as the New King James Version says, are scattered abroad. So there's nothing in this first verse, in this first part, that specifically identifies it as addressed exclusively to Christians. Certainly, however, verse 2 strongly implies it is to those who consider themselves or state claim themselves to be followers of Christ because he talks about brothers and the testing of your faith. However, just like with the writer of Hebrews, and as we mentioned when we discussed Hebrews, like Paul says in one of the letters to the, to the Corinthians, there is ever an undercurrent of reminding those who claim to follow Jesus Christ to make sure they fully understand the basics of the gospel and what it really means to follow. Note that in verse 2, the word that in the World English Bible is translated as temptations is sometimes translated as trials, implying hardship. We'll talk about this a bit more when we get down further and we're talking about temptations in a different way. Now, James goes back and forth from extremes, telling us, because it does seem like a letter that is directed toward all Christians, telling us how perfect we can be if we endure, and yet telling us that our own lust leads us to sin. Uh, That reminds me of Jesus in the so-called Sermon on the Mount. He talks about lust as being the beginning of sin in the heart. Lust is dwelling on and desiring sin. In verse 5, James encourages prayer, but makes the point that it must be based on faith. But don't be confused. This is not faith that we will get anything we want, but faith as in trust in God There are some things he will always give. He will always give us wisdom, give wisdom to his children. He will always give us a way out of temptation, but we have to choose it. But he doesn't always give us everything we ask for. Recall what we've read recently about Saul's prayers in the book of Samuel. He was not answered because he didn't want to know God. He didn't want to follow his creator and sustainer of life. He didn't trust him and he didn't have faith in him. In verse 9, we have one of several times when James will talk about the rich. Sometimes he is clearly referring to interactions between and comparisons of fellow Christians, as he is here. Other times later, we'll see he's probably talking about those who have not repented and are in corrupt positions of power. In verse 12, James quickly moves back to elaborate on temptation. Temptations don't come from God. And here we see the different tone between the trial like temptations in verse 2, which happen to us, versus here when we are dealing with our own flesh, even though in battling our own flesh, the endurance benefits us. 
In verse 16, we have this phrase about not being deceived, stuck right between explaining the origin of sin and explaining the origin of every good gift. So don't be deceived about my own sin, but don't be deceived about the goodness and the consistency of God. And it is his word of truth that births us into being his creatures, not in an animalistic, like we're not human kind of way, but speaking of the act of creation by his own will. It all starts with him. So in verse 19, in light of all of this, be ready to listen and be slow to anger. When we are quick to anger, we all should be ready to admit that if we easily flare up at things that happen, it is usually our own fleshly weakness exhibiting itself and can easily be a spark for sin. It is generally the opposite of humility. James goes right from talking about the anger of man to therefore put away all filthiness and overflowing wickedness. This is very strong phrasing. And then here he does specifically mention the humility that it takes to accept the word of truth. Then we have the famous section or one of the first famous sections about faith and works. If we truly have faith, it will become evident in our works or how we live. It is not that we do works to be saved. And he'll tell us more about this in chapter two. His description of looking in the mirror but then wandering away forgetfully reminded me of the parable of the seeds. It seems to be very like the seeds that get snatched up by the birds. In the parable of the seeds, it talks about those being quickly snatched up by Satan, which is a lot like these people quickly put out of their minds or could say forget the word of truth. And then in verse 26, we have, ah, pure religion. It is in this description and the last section about the mirror that make me think he knows that some in the group have not grasped what true faith is, and they still need to repent. Pure religion is described much the same as the works that a person of faith will give evidence of, but he begins by talking about bridling the tongue. I know a lot more about bridles than I used to, since I've been learning to ride a horse for about four years now. I used to think that a bridle just stopped the tongue, like you see a person in a movie pull back on the reins to stop a horse. What a bridle really does is help guide the horse. And the trick is that with more practice and relationship with the horse, it takes very little work with the bridle action to get the desired response. That is to get the horse to go where you want to go in the manner that you want to get there. So to bridle the tongues means superb control to a fine degree of what you say and how you say it. Why would religion be worthless if the tongue isn't bridled? Because it represents the heart. Like in 1 Corinthians 13, all else profits nothing without love from the heart, and real love, godly love, cares for those in need. Religion, in the world's eyes, according to man's system, is rituals and formulas that attempt to mimic godliness, to make people feel good about themselves. But pure religion is born of faith that loves God and loves your neighbor as yourself. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 